Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James and today I'm delighted to be joined by a Physician Associate student, not just a PA student. Sabina is the national representative for all PA students to the Faculty of PAs. Welcome to the show, Sabina. Thank you. Do you want to start by introducing yourself? Tell us about you, perhaps your life before you became a PA student. Oh, um, yes, of course. So, um, God, life before becoming a PA student feels like a really long time ago. Um, So I was working for a pharmaceutical company as a director of strategy for companion diagnostics. So um, very much in the world of science and biomarkers. And so when we had a drug that where certain groups of patients were responding better than others or um, the the scientists, the true scientists, um, thought that a drug would benefit from a certain population driven by the biomarkers, then I would get involved and I would define the strategy for how we identify the patients, go and find the company that then develops the biomarker diagnostic for us. And then essentially I become the the outward facing person to the diagnostic partner and then represent the diagnostic partner to the pharmaceutical company with a view to then bringing the diagnostic to the market at the same time as the drug. And I've done that for a good 10 plus years, showing my age there. I kind of like, so I got to the point where I was starting to wonder whether I wanted to progress more in the field. Um, I had a young child, not a very, the hours I was working were quite antisocial because it's a global organisation. So you're working across lots of different time zones, lots of travel. Um, So yeah, I came across this course and just seemed to tick all the the boxes for me. And here they am. That's cool. What sort of background did you have before getting into that role then? Were you a science graduate? Um, so, yeah, I did a, um, a degree in biomedical sciences um, and then I did a PhD in, I, I guess it was broadly molecular biology focusing on pancreatic cancer. Um, and then as soon as I was pe- finishing my PhD, I went straight into pharma and never quite looked back. You're blowing my mind. So you've done a science degree, you've done a PhD, and then worked for 10 years, and now you're embarking on becoming a physician associate student. Glutton for punishment. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) What's that like? Because that might be of interest to other PhD science people working in science industry who might want to make that change to sort of a more clinical job. How have you found that transition initially? Um, I think... Initially, it was quite hard, to be honest. Um, I hadn't been a student for lots of years. And I guess I'd worked my way up the ladder where I was the person that was defining the strategy. I would never call myself the boss, but essentially, I had more flexibility and freedom. And then suddenly, I was the student again. Um, in particular, going out on placements, I think mentally I found that quite difficult because there's very much a hierarchy and pecking order in the NHS, and I was very much at the bottom of that. 
I can remember doing an episode with another PA who works in oncology now, who had a similar background in PhD and drug development research and that kind of stuff. And he'd been working for one of the other big drug companies for several years. And when he came to the NHS and he suddenly realised that you don't have free tea and coffee in the staff room and you don't have simple little perks like that, he found that culture quite different in the NHS. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. I mean, like I kept my job at the pharmaceutical company in the background, so I have been doing it alongside the degree. And the days I go into the office, now I'm like, wow, because you have lots of free things at your disposal um whereas in the nhs i mean i'd be lucky to get a free pen sometimes yeah they're like gold dust definitely <laughs> yes so you must have come at pa school with a bit more experience of yourself and the way you learn and the way you study and and a, a bit more knowledge perhaps than even the, the average pa student have you noticed that being a sort of slightly more mature, slightly older student has been difficult for you? Or what have you noticed? Or have you just been accepted with open arms by everybody? And um, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I think I find it challenging sometimes because the younger students may look look at me like I perhaps know everything, that everything is easier for me. Um, and Yes, certain things are easier. Like I did a master's or I've done a master's and I would be way more familiar with writing a dissertation than the younger students. But equally, because I have a family as well, easier in some ways, but slightly more challenging in others, I think. Brilliant. Thank you, Sabina. I suppose perhaps for some PhD, postdoc, science people in industry, if if they're considering well, really anyone actually who's considering going to PA school, finance and how to fund the course is a is a massive sort of part of thinking about undertaking PA studies. I guess you were on a salary in your previous job and now as a PA student might not be earning much whilst you're, whilst you're studying. How do you think that as a sort of putting your national rep hat on for PA students, how do you think funding and um, sort of funding yourself through the course is is that difficult is that a challenge I think yes definitely um you have to be realistic um and I think for from my perspective if I had to give people going into the course any advice or thinking about the course any advice I would say get your finances in, in order um because it's not just the tuition fees you need to think about, but everything else that goes with it. Um, yes, the HE gives you a grant for travel, but honestly, given travel costs, it's not going to go very far. And you need to think about whether, I mean, you need to think about whether the choice of university also fits in with what you can manage financially. Um, so. Yes, think about it. Be realistic about what you can afford. Sometimes you might have to compromise on the university you go to based on the economics alone, I think. A grand, probably, easily per year on hidden in terms of the Yes, easily, I would say. Maybe two. 
Well, actually, no petrol and travel. I mean, it could be loads, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it really depends on where you're travelling to, right? I mean, some of my placements are doing, like, a 70-plus mile round trip per day. Do that for several weeks, and that's really going to add up. Um, And and I know that other courses have much longer commutes to their um, placements. So I think, again, I mean, like, if I had to give anybody one piece of advice, it would be don't forget to factor in the cost when you make a decision about what university you're going to. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it doesn't just stop with the university either does it there are fees for our national exams that students are going to have to find at the end of their course to pay and there's lots of sort of hidden costs in terms of study books study websites question banks these sorts of things that you might sign up for as well yeah exactly and also for the more mature students so for example somebody with a similar background to myself who's been out of education working has a family you also have to factor in the cost of childcare because you get minimal holidays so nine times out of ten you're going to have to consider cost of holiday clubs or additional child um child care costs that again you wouldn't necessarily think about at the very outset have you got any sort of top tips or explanations about where PAs can go to to help? I, I mean, I'm showing my age and I've not been qualified as a PA that long. But when I was there, I don't think there was any postgraduate student loans. I don't think there was any HE bursaries. I don't think there was much around for a lot of PA students. What is the current state of play for PA students at the moment? What's out there for them to to help them? There's the master's loan, the SFE loan, which is across the two years. I think it's roughly around 11 and a half K. Some banks will probably do a professional development loan if you need it. Um, and then depending on the university, I think universities also have like hardship loans that you could um, apply for access to. Um, you can also rather than just the hardship loans, if you're struggling with the travel costs, I think some universities also have um, additional uh, an additional pot of money that they make available purely to help with fuel costs or train or bus fare. Um, so there are, sounds like there are more options than you had, um, but given the cost of the course, I think it probably only just scratches the surface for most people. Yeah, I mean, it's cost of living crisis they keep saying on the news at the moment, isn't it? And it yeah. must be really tough to be a PA student at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it must be. I, mean, I know I have some um, course mates currently where it's just become really difficult for them to eat three meals a day, and that's just really sad. So, yeah, yeah. it is quite challenging. It's um, awful. Yeah. Wondering what we can do about that. I'm already sparking off ideas about setting up charities or hardship funds or some sort of support system. Give that some more thought. It's not all doom and gloom, though, is it? Actually, being a PA student can be wonderful and can be really exciting in terms of learning all of this content. 
and it can be really intense as well for the two years of the course. How do you find the pressure and what's the reality like with the highs and the lows of, of being a PA student? Oh, yes. The pressure is immense, isn't it? Um, so we talk about the course being intense all the time, but I don't think you truly understand the meaning of the word till you're in the thick of it. But I mean, like, it's not just doom and gloom. It's a huge amount of hard work, but it's hugely rewarding. And it's amazing how much you can learn and pick up in two years. I mean, if I compare myself to when I first started the course to today, where I'm at the end of my course, I just can't believe how much I picked up. And for anybody that's in that position, for all of those people that's coming towards their final exams, feeling like they don't know anything yet, I would just say hang in there because you know so much more than you think. It's just so overwhelming when when you're in the thick of it. Are there other issues that the PA students feed sort of into you um, that are causing them problems or are there sort of common themes that come up quite regularly in terms of things you have to sort of take back to the FPA? Yeah. So we have quarterly board meetings and stakeholder meetings that I sit on with the FPA. And I think one of the the questions or the challenges that comes up almost every meeting is around placements and um, the level of supervision um, students receive during placements. Um, so it's something that both the um, HEIs and the FPA are aware of and something they're trying to address. Um, but there will always be... So ultimately, the issue is funding for the placements for each PA student versus medical student um, which is where the disparity in the level of um, oversight we get comes from. I guess one of the other ones more recently has been around um, the impact of the junior doctor strikes. A lot of students were asked not to go into placements, but then it's uh, trying to understand how that will then impact the, the hours that we need for to complete the degree. I always have issues to raise to the FPA at the um, quarterly meetings um, that the students have raised as part of the meetings that we have as a student collective body. And if there are any PA students listening who want to raise an, an issue or a problem sort of with their experience of being a PA student, where would you point them to go? How should they address that issue? If it's an issue, I would say that if it's an issue that they want highlighting to the FPA or discussing with the FPA, each university has a student representative to the FPA. So, and usually that individual will be in the second year of the degree. So, identify who that person is who will then raise it at our quarterly student representative um, group meetings, and I will then take them forward to the FPA. When I was a PA student back in 2016 and 17, I had to do an awful lot of explaining what a physician associate even was because we were the very first cohort of students to train in our part of the country. Not a lot of people had heard of it and it was quite time consuming just saying this is what a PA is. And actually, I'm not even sure I really understood it as a student 
because it was being figured out and changed and kind of no one really knew what the role was going to be and if it would be successful. Is that still the case now as a PA student? I know you can only speak for sort of your patch, but do you do you think there's much better awareness amongst at least NHS colleagues of the PA role? Maybe not so much the patients? Um, I would say so. I mean, I think I've probably been been asked what a PA is maybe a maximum of three or four times during my two years on placement. Um, so I would say that there is definitely, from my perspective, greater awareness. The conversation currently I find with my supervisors is quite different in the context of everything that's happening in social media and the um, news at the minute. But at least they know that mean they do know about the role. Yeah, you mentioned social media. I had somebody who's a pre-PA student due to start her course in a few months' time contacted me and just said, really worried about all of this anti-PA rhetoric that's out there at the moment. Really worried that by the time I qualify, the the profession would have collapsed and, and doctors won't want to work with PAs and it you know, am I going to put myself through these two years and not end up with a job at the end of it, basically? And I tried to reassure her that I don't think that's likely to happen and that PAs are here to stay. And it's a very vocal but very small minority of noise on social media that doesn't really bear out in the real world in terms of how PAs are received in the system. Yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? Um I think we've had, I've heard similar feedback on the the student group and I guess there will always be the, the minority, as you say, that were slightly more vocal than the advocates. But it's also been very reassuring that um, doctors have then, um, who um, are registered with the group, have then put messages onto the group that are very positive, are very complimentary of the PA role. So, Hopefully that gives people some reassurance around um, the fact that it is a welcome role. It's just sadly that you, you will always have um, the naysayers. Any advice for PAs, PA students in particular, who are sort of coming towards the end of their course, thinking about taking national exams and then applying for jobs? Any advice in terms of what to consider for that kind of phase of moving out of university and starting being qualified as a PA? I would say be picky about who you end up with, especially in your first role. Make sure that you have the level of supervision you need. I think I've heard horror stories from newly qualified PAs where the practices they've ended up with have essentially viewed the PA asking questions as negative or um, just it's just not being very welcome for them Um, so make sure that you don't accept the first job that comes your way but just be quite picky make sure that you feel that you will be supported that you're able to negotiate training time for yourself as well so that you have the opportunity to sit back and reflect on what it is that you're learning because the learning is not going to end when you pass your nationals I think that is just the start of most people's learning journeys I think this is a brilliant opportunity for me 
to ask you what it's like to be a PA student because for me it's now five years since I was a PA student and I think quite a lot has changed in the profession in that time I've watched it change quite dramatically in my patch so there's loads of questions that I want to find out a little bit more about what life is like as a PA student in the reality okay. of it at the moment and I, I lecture on a PA course and, and I have sort of screen time on my lecture with with lots of PA students but to actually chat has been really really interesting one of the concerns I know that a lot of PA students sometimes express is that there's a lack of career progression as a physician associate and they worry that once they're qualified you know what are they going to do next to to get on in their career is that still true do PA students sort of worry about the lack of progression does that come up frequently so I'm not it doesn't come up frequently in the student rep meetings that I had a conversation, a very similar conversation with one of my um, fellow um, PA students um, from my university around this because they were worried about that. And so, I mean, I know that the FPA are working on introducing essentially um, named um I guess, a recognition of the progression of PAs. But it's quite clear, and I guess you will also have seen this, James, that there is progression. I guess the challenge is, and is that your name, your title doesn't change. So you will always be a physician associate. Um, unlike doctors where there is clearly a change in grade based on the title, that your skills would have been, you, you know, you will have massively upskilled yourself. You know a lot more. You will have taken on way more responsibility than when you first started. So there is progression in that sense. It probably just doesn't look the way that traditional progression looks. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things I always tell students if they ask me is is there is a lot of progression out there. It just doesn't look like what the doctor's progression looked like. We yeah. are not doctors. We are not trying to be doctors and we shouldn't just copy their style of career progression because that's what they've done. We are trying to be something new, a new profession. And what I love about being a PA is career progression is out there. You can do it when you want to at a time that suits you. You're not being shunted around different hospital departments every four months and into a new hospital every year to do your training. You can have a life and then decide what course you want to do and when that suits you to do it. And it, it's much more for a work-life balance, a lot nicer, I find. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to the course is the fact that because it's so new, you can essentially define what career progression looks like for you. Um, and again, that would be something that I would urge each PA and PA student to think about is try and visualize what career progression looks like for you. And then you alone are in the driving seat for that um, because career progression does exist. It as you say, it just doesn't exist in the traditional sense as we know it. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be your consultants and your GP supervisors and lots of people around you who will help mould what you can do next. It's, I think yeah. the future is really exciting for physician associates, the profession as a whole. So. I agree. I agree. Sabina, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you giving up the time. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'll leave your contact details in the show notes. So if people do want to get in touch with you in your role as the FPA student rep, they can get find you in there.
Absolutely. Thank you very much, James. And thanks to you for listening as well. I hope you found that an interesting chat with Sabina to find out a bit more about life as a PA student. I certainly did. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm on social media at PA Podcast UK. It'd be great to hear from you with any feedback about the show or ideas for future episodes of the PA Podcast. And I hope you join me again next time. Thanks for listening to the Precision Associate Podcast.